0: and go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. Okay, guys, so last week's episode, number 106, all about overwhelm and the various sources that I'm hearing it coming from, from the designers themselves that have reached out to me in the past couple of weeks clearly struck a very sensitive nerve because I heard from even more of you talking about more overwhelm and how to deal with overwhelm and feeling lost and hopeless about the overwhelm. and That is something obviously they know is never a good place to be, but it's also something that I think this episode can help with and things that I implement in my own business and how I schedule things so that the overwhelm is at least manageable. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend you go back, listen to that one first, and then listen to today's episode talking about how to avoid overwhelm in the first place. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. And I'm actually especially glad you're here if you are a designer feeling this stress and overwhelm and anxious feeling that so many designers have reached out to me about, not only before the episode, but particularly since the episode where they said they felt heard or they just felt better knowing that other designers are going through the same emotions and feelings. And frankly, that is one of the major points of this podcast. And one of the reasons I like to share my experiences because I too work alone. I I have lots of virtual assistants. I have lots of people who will help me through projects, whether they're contractors or reps or my virtual assistants, like I mentioned. But frankly, I work alone and that's by design. But the reality is I don't always know what other designers are going through and feeling and experiencing. And so I want a forum that is not only just one-sided, me talking to you, but for you to know that you can reach out to me as well and those are some of my most enjoyable moments frankly in the day when i do connect with a designer who not only tells me their stress but also tells me their wins it's just a really nice community that this podcast is building and i'm i'm thrilled to be a part of it so the reality is overwhelm and stress happens it happens to designers it happens a lot to solopreneurs like myself who struggle with how to balance the workload. And I talked about that in part on the last episode, but I wanted to take a deeper dive into it today, in particular because it is the new year. You are starting to get those prospective new client calls, and it's a juggling act to figure out who to take, who not to take, and then more importantly, when to take on another project. So if you've been listening for a while, you know that I don't talk about things that I haven't experienced. So please hear me when I say I have had plenty of overwhelm in my career and there are times it feels like it never will end and there are times where I feel like it never will happen again and yet it does. So in my opinion, that is part of being an entrepreneur, right? There's going to be extreme highs, extreme lows, and hopefully a whole lot of steady middle. And that's really the goal and what I want to talk about today. So again, if you've been listening for a while, you may have heard me tell this story. But a million years ago now, when I was working in New York City, I was working at very, very high-end firms And working my tush off in order to impress the boss, impress the clients, impress the other designers, right? Trying to move up the ranks. I was working crazy ass hours trying to give my best to everybody at every moment. And so weekends would come up periodically where I could get out of town and I would come home to Delaware and collapse at my parents' house. There were, frankly, weekends I wouldn't call any friends. I just simply needed to decompress. And on one of those weekends, I was out for a walk with my dad, and I just couldn't really manage even a conversation. I was so worn out. And he turned to me and he said, well, how can you be creative when you're so damn tired? And I laughed. I was like, I don't know. I just can't. I mean, I guess it's just something I can do. But when I really sat with that question, the reality was very crystal clear. You just can't. Be creative when you are physically exhausted or stressed out or overwhelmed. I don't know. And maybe I should ask my psychiatrist friends that maybe it shuts off part of the brain that is the creative side. I don't know. But I do experience creative shutdown when I'm overworked, stressed, overwhelmed, and exhausted. Now, did I learn in that moment and immediately turn my life around and balance everything and Yeah, no, that did not happen, of course. I tend to be type A, as most designers tend to be. And we know two speeds slow and extreme, right? And so I usually run at a pretty extreme pace. And I know full well that I can't always keep up at that. So, what do I do about it? How do I manage it? Well, it was an interesting thing a couple of years ago, I think it was during COVID. I was listening to another podcast, and for the life of me, I cannot remember which podcast. But a designer was saying that for every hour they're in a client meeting, it creates two to three hours of follow-up work. Now, I don't remember who said it, but I remember in the moment that I scoffed at that, and I said, that can't possibly be true, and I kind of dismissed it completely out of hand. But it kept kind of gnawing at me. You know, when you hear something and it just kind of sticks with you. And over the next, you know, a couple of days to a week, I started sort of paying more attention. I'd go to a meeting and be like, oh, yeah, I was there an hour and I got to do this and that. And yeah, maybe two hours, maybe, you know. And then I thought, OK, if I'm being really honest, definitely two hours, maybe even three. And I started to see this pattern. Now, of course, it's just a pattern. It's not a hard and fast rule but it is a really good guiding light for me. So when I do get new calls, I use that as a structure that I can create a schedule of how a proposed project will go. Okay, so let's take an actual project that I'm working on so that we can sort of walk our way through it and see how I mark my time and estimate the amount of time that I would have left over to take on another project for that prospective client that called and inquired about my services. Okay, so right now I'm working on a master bath, a closet and laundry room, full gut. It's estimated to take 12 weeks. So for argument's sake and easier math, let's say there's going to be four hours of meetings a week, right? That's between the site meeting and client meetings. Let's just say it's going to average out to about four hours a week. There might be more in the beginning, during demo and rough in, but for, again, this exercise, let's go with four hours a week. Okay, so my formula says two to three hours of work that's created in those four hours of meetings. So again, let's round up just so we have easier numbers. And so that creates 12 hours of work that I'm going to have to do, whether that's repricing, reselecting, um, drawings, you know, who knows, uh, phone calls to vendors. You know, there's all sorts of things that will come up inevitably during a construction project. Okay, so now I'm looking at 16 hours a week for this one project. Now, again, simple math. If you're working a 40-hour work week, you subtract out the 16. That means I have 24 hours of work hours to dedicate to other projects. So think about that. So my one project is going to be using 16 hours a week, leaving me with only 24 hours left. Now you're saying to yourself, oh, okay, Renee, well, I could probably take on two 12-hour projects. So it's maybe a slightly smaller project. Okay, sure, in math you can do that, but is that realistic? I mean, I'm talking a 40-hour week. So first of all, do you work a 40-hour week, a full 40-hour week? Now's not the time to be dishonest, right? If you really work 30 hours, then you need to own that, and that's fine, but use that number in your equation. Now, do you eat lunch? Do you sit at your desk and eat lunch? Or do you like to, you know, take... I don't, God forbid, 30 minutes. You know, what about any desk work, administrative work that you're not billing out to clients? You know, what about marketing yourself? You know, there's so many components to going into running a business aside from physical client work. And that's what I'm hoping all of you are going, oh, because what I realized a while ago is I was overbooking clients. Now, does that mean that I always structure this properly? No, of course not. And like I said, this project is estimated 12 weeks. What if it runs 14 weeks and I promised another project at week 13? Yeah, those two weeks, yep, I might be eating lunch at my desk. I might not be able to do my paperwork during the day and I have to pull a few hours at night and go beyond that 40 hours. But the reality is I know that and can plan for that. And while I may not be happy about it, it's at least something that I can predict and kind of work around mentally and emotionally so it doesn't throw me into a tizzy of overwhelm and stress, which of course, as you know, serves nobody. So what does that mean when a client calls me? Do I just say no? I'm sorry, your project sounds like it's going to be more than 12 hours and I already had another one at 12 hours and sorry, buddy, you know, you don't get me. No, that's just not reality either because you need projects that will be going on after the ones you're working on are completed. So again, I've talked about this before, but the art of stacking projects. So Here's a real example. I had an inquiry call at the end of last week, and it sounded like a pretty good project, something I'd really like to take on. And it's something that's going to take a lot of my time. Now, it's not a construction project. It's a decorating project. So again, those hours may shift a little, but I estimated it to be at least 10 hours a week, especially in the initial design phase. So again, I looked at my calendar and I have other projects going on right now besides that master bath. And I said, you know what? I would love to talk to you about this project further, but right now my time is taken up on other projects. My estimate right now would be early April to talk to you about starting your project. Would that timeline work for you? There was a pregnant pause. I'm not going to lie. And trust me, my stomach still turns into knots a little bit when I hear that pause. And, oh, it kills me not to say, okay, 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 you win, you win. I'll start now. But I don't anymore. And the reason I don't is because of what happened next. The next comment from this client was, I'd really like to get started now, but I'm willing to wait if you think you have time starting in April. Okay, they admit it. They weren't happy. I mean, they didn't say that, but it was obvious. They weren't thrilled. You know, of course, they pick up the phone, they want you to dance. That isn't a reality. But the other thing that you hear through that comment is they want my time to be focused on their work. And I had just clearly stated that my time is taken right now. Now, I've had clients push back and they say, well, it's really not that big of a project. I'm sure you could start. And you know, maybe we could start with a little bit and and ramp up. I mean, trust me, I've heard all of that. And my response is always, I know you want my full and undivided attention once your project gets started. And unfortunately at this moment, I don't have the time to dedicate to your project that you are looking for. It's that simple. Now, I know some designers are cringing, going, no, 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 Renee, I need as much work as I can. I need the income. And I get that fear. I have had those fears. Because again, I don't recommend things that I haven't gone through. But what I have found in the past when I've given in to that little devil sitting on your shoulder is I pay the ultimate price. And frankly, the job pays the price too. Like I said in the last episode, mistakes get made expensive mistakes can get made more frequently. And therefore, what income you were hoping for from the project is often whittled away by the expenses that you have to pay behind the scenes for the mistakes you made. Why? Because you didn't have the time to focus on all the details that a project requires. So what did I do after this client said, if you have time in April, I said, I will put a reminder in my calendar to call you in early April to let you know where things stand, because there is no way I can promise that April is the moment. Like I said, I have estimated that this master bath closet laundry room will be 12 weeks. Could I be wrong? Yes. Will it be out of my control? A hundred percent. So I can't promise a deadline in my projects until I get much closer to that deadline. And even still, like I said, sometimes it rolls into a week or so after, but again, it's something that's controllable and there's a start and an end date that I know and can count on both emotionally and mentally. So I do want to talk as well about that extra 24 hours assuming I just had this one job that's taking 16 hours a week of my time and go into a little bit further, the time that needs to be dedicated to working on your business. And if you are on my email list, I sent an email out last Friday about this very topic. And again, got a lot of comments going, oh crap, Renee, I don't do that. I work in my business. So for those of you not on my email list, which I highly recommend you get on because we do talk about other topics, but this one, again, kind of lit a fire under a bunch of people, and I want to mention it here today. So if you want to join this email list, and I promise there's no spam, I mean, I, I trust me, I have no time to create spam, let alone receive it. It's just a Friday email where we take one topic and dive into it. This topic was, are you working in your business, or working on your business. And the difference is working in your business is doing your client work, right? You're going out on site meetings, you're doing the specifications, you're doing the decorating, whatever the case may be for that one project. Working on your business is all the behind the scenes stuff that frankly isn't bringing in income at the moment, but is critical to bringing in income in the long term. So what does that mean? Well, the email was spurred by me kind of bitching and moaning to myself because I had dedicated two full work days to photographing projects. And these projects had sat, one of them we had completed in 2021, but for COVID and all sorts of other reasons, just couldn't get to it. So I thought I'd be clever. And I would book back-to-back days, and we would do four projects in two days. And yes, that gives you a little insight into how insane and overly optimistic I can be about my work life. So we get to it, and we start in, you know, we get there at 9 a.m., and I'm starting a stage, and a photographer, and okay, it is two incredibly long days of standing and talking to clients and reshuffling things and moving this and changing that and then moving it all back and It was a lot of work. All the while, I'm taking emails and phone calls and trying to, you know, avert issues on projects and trying to stay up with everybody because, again, I work alone. But guess what I said to myself the minute I started bitching and moaning? Renee, this brings in work. Your prospective clients, they go to your website. They look at what you produce. And these in particular were construction projects. They were bathrooms and it was a kitchen and all sorts of good stuff, which you hopefully will see soon enough. But that is working on my business. Did I make money those two days? No. No, I didn't. I wasn't working on client work. I was working on Devigné work. And while it really annoyed me in the moment and it was exhausting and I really came out of those two days feeling like I was hung over because it was just so tiring and stressful, but that's working on my business. That's me bringing in potential business in the coming months and years ahead. And what I find is the designers I talk to are so overwhelmed with getting the work done on the projects they have that they're not working on getting projects in the future. So I mentioned photographing work and several designers immediately within probably half an hour of me sending the email quickly emailed me back and said, Oh God, I haven't photographed projects in years. Well, that's a massive problem. And one that they are paying the price for, they don't know it necessarily, but that beautiful work they completed can't be seen by anyone. And while that client is, I'm sure, thrilled, it's not serving the designer past the end of that project. So one of them said, oh, I haven't photographed things in five or six years. Well, we did discuss it. And unless you're very close with that client, it's too late, right? First of all, have no idea what that room looks like right now. I mean, hell, I was a little concerned going back to look at rooms that I'd done in 2021. Now luckily they were bathrooms and there's not usually a whole lot of changes, but you know, you never know, right? In a year and a half, maybe they've changed some things. So this is something that is critical for designers. And again, if you are stuck in overwhelm, if you have too many projects, then you don't have the bandwidth, the time, the imagination and creativity to be working on your business. You are simply a cog in the wheel working in your business. And that holds true even if you are the owner of that business. So again, it goes back to really taking a hard look at how much time these projects will consume of your calendar, and do you actually have that time? Because it's the one non-renewable resource. It's time. And every moment that passes, you will never get back again. So you must take these notes And you may have other parameters. You may say, no, 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 I would never spend four hours. It may be two hours. Okay, great. So these are just my numbers that I use that work for me. But take that formula. Sit down today, tomorrow, while it's still fresh in your head, and plot out some of the projects you've already finished. That is the best way to determine what your future projects will look like. Because you've already done the work. You know what you dedicated. And then I know is going to kill you with that, quote, extra time you may determine that you're going to factor in. That's not free time. That's working on your firm time. And yes, that may mean doing some billing. That may mean doing some photography work. That may mean marketing yourself, doing some cold outreach, doing some warm outreach to industry partners to remind them that you are working, talking to them about some of the projects you just completed, just staying top of mind. But all of that takes time. And yes, in the moment, that does not bring in income. And and I know that that is often the stumbling block of why that doesn't get done. But keep in mind, it is future income. So if you aren't investing the time now, that will impact what future income you have coming in. So I don't mean to overwhelm more, but I do think this is an important step, especially in the beginning of the year, so that you can bring some stability and calm and frankly, predictability to your schedule when those new calls come in. And just know that if you are overwhelmed and completely at your wit's end, your creativity, while it may not be completely turned off like mine was decades ago, it is impaired. And therefore, you are not bringing your A game. And that not only impacts your project, but it impacts how you feel about your project. Because deep down inside, you know you're not bringing your A game. And I don't know a single designer that gets into this business to say, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to bring my B game to this one. It just doesn't happen. We are unfortunately like I said, mostly type A. If I'm being honest, A plus, some of us more A plus plus than others, but we get into this business because we're all about the details and the creativity that goes into it. So, Take that deep breath. Schedule your time so that you can bring your A game or whichever A plus game you want to bring, and know that that will pay off in spades because it will pay itself forward by bringing in new projects because you will have the time, the bandwidth, the space, and the creativity to be working on your business at the same time as you're working in your business. Now I'm going to close by saying. Do I excel at this all the time? Oh, hell no. Please hear me. I am human. I am just like the rest of you. I just sometimes can catch myself before the ship gets too far off path because I know these formulas. I know how to manage it better. Not perfect because there's no such thing as perfection, but I know how to manage my schedule better and my workload more Productively. And that is the goal I want for each of you. So again, like I said, I really recommend you getting on my email list. It is a really great opportunity for designers and me to connect both over the topic of the week or other topics that are going on. Sometimes it just sort of spurs a whole nother conversation, but it's a really great way to take another conversation, have basically two conversations quickly in one week between this podcast and the newsletter you can go on my website and just sign up for the newsletter and join those weekly conversations on Fridays. So my wish for every one of you listening is to take a deep and cleansing breath. This is doable. Your potential clients won't all say, no, I'm calling someone else. And frankly, if they do, they weren't meant for you anyway. Consider it a gift from the universe. This is something that needs to be a priority, especially early on in the year. My favorite saying, which I mentioned in last week's episode start as you mean to continue. This is the month to do that. Put yourself on solid footing and know that not only will you be sane and you're at your most creative point, but you will have work throughout the year by stacking projects and leaving time in between to be working on your business to create. An even fuller pipeline for the future. So as always, I can't thank you enough for your time. I know how valuable it is. I know how overbooked we all are. And I appreciate you showing up, listening, and then reaching out to me with your own experiences, your own tips and tricks. It's a very valuable component to this podcast. And As I've said before, it's how some of these podcast episodes get made. So for those of you who reached out to me this past week, I hope you're on firmer footing. Please let me know. I always love to hear a follow-up so I don't have to worry that you're still struggling. And I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening today and feel free to join me on social media Devine Design in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers, as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word, leave a review and tell your friends who are starting or are mid project. And thank you again for listening today.